Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. You're hiring and just not seeing the quality flow of people responding to your job ads. A bit frustrated, you decide to launch an email and LinkedIn campaign targeting people from your competitors. You identify the people you want to talk to and you start sending messages, hopeful that you're going to draw in the strongest talent. But the response is underwhelming at best. Why? Because no one cares about your company, your job, or you until you can demonstrate the value of what's in it for me. The selfish way we message is the number one reason why you fail to gain a positive response. Start with a person's pain first, then you'll gain their attention. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Ms. Hannah Pryor. She's the president and executive coach for Priority Group. After an explosive 14-year recruitment career working with top performers, growing managers, and C-suite leaders, Anna founded Priority Group to realize they vision that access to coaching and development is the most important asset to any individual's continued growth. Anna prides herself on an empathetic and no-nonsense approach and has been quickly recognized as a secret weapon of companies ranging from fast-growing startups to Fortune 500. She has dual speciality in working with high-achieving women and measurably improving the performance of sales teams and growing startup businesses through her in-demand sales messaging training programs and strategic coaching, which is what makes Henna the perfect expert for today's topic. Henna, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great to have you. Today, we're going to discuss why no one cares about your messaging and then we're going to talk about how to structure your digital communications to gain a positive response. Sound like a plan? Yes, perfect. We're all getting the same thing. We're all getting blasted by email messages. And like everybody else, 90% of them end up in my spam box or in that other box that I never check anymore. There might be something interesting in there every once in a while. But for the most part, it's always the same dumbass message that's pitching their product first. Always. I would say... 95% of the emails people get anymore is dry, cookie cutter, salesy, and boring, which is why most emails that people get in a given day are deleted or ignored. Yep. Everybody's using the same template. And I think my 11-year-old daughter could probably write a better email. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I always say that there was someone, it must have been 40 or 50 years ago, who just waved his or her magic wand and said, this is what all of our emails are going to sound like corporate, boring, salesy, and we're all just going to follow this. And the people that have realized that we don't need to listen to that person are the ones who are getting ahead in leaps and bounds over everyone else. Okay, so if your message reads, hi, I'm John, our product does this, 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 and this, and we help businesses just like yours to get ahead. Please stop doing it. Yes, please, <laughs> please, please, please. If, if you are trying to reach out to prospective hires, candidates, prospective team members in an increasingly noisy marketplace, in an increasingly overwhelmed, attention deficit, distracted world, that template of yesteryear has to die in a fire. We're all going to throw it away starting today. Exactly. Please do. The problem is that I have zero patience for it. 
Nobody has any patience for it. You told me about people's attention span is what, eight uh -huh. seconds? Eight seconds. So people's attention span, and I bet in COVID, the latest data hasn't come out. I bet you that's gone down by a second or two, but it used to be eight seconds or that of a goldfish. So human beings are basically goldfish anymore when it comes to how long <laughs> you can keep someone's attention in this attention deficit marketplace. That's it. That's all you've got. So you have eight seconds to capture their, just as a follow on to this, I've actually seen some good messages that I've responded back to. And I said something like, okay, I'll bite. What specifically will you do for my organization that's unique to what everybody else is doing? And then I get an autoresponder message back. <laughs> Which to me is like, oh, well, you just blew it. Yeah, you broke it. You had a chance to engage and build trust. And then all of a sudden on your first at bat, you basically just dropped it. <laughs> the ball fell to the ground Yeah. because that human element that started just fizzled out into smoke and you lost it. You lost them. Yep. Then I'll get a series of two or three messages afterwards. It'll say, so mm -hmm. did you get my last message? Just following up yep. regarding my last message. Yeah. And it's usually from a robot, which yeah. I have other strong feelings about, um, because if a human did that, they would have caught it before then. Autoresponders are not a bad thing, but once you get somebody biting, then you can't copy and paste. You have to write back something that's going to gain their attention. Yeah. I think that the beauty and the curse of the era that we live in is the technology is incredible and it's also heavily abused. And so a lot of what I teach and preach is about fundamental sales psychology in the written form. How do you bring back the humanity? How do you bring back the human touch and the psychology touch to a digital written communication? And if you don't, you're going to miss the best talent out there. What are the challenges that we have that we're facing? We have a lot of challenges, but I'll give you my top few. So I already mentioned attention span. People don't have it. So if you want to stand out in a noisy marketplace, you need to not only get it, which is A1A problem that we don't solve for to begin with. And then once you get it, you got to keep it. So those are two things we need to focus on out of the gate. The second thing and the big problem is that a lot of founders, entrepreneurs, they are brilliant, talented business people. But if they were not trained sales writers, which most of them aren't, they don't move up in their entrepreneurship or their business because they were sales writers. If they are not trained in that, they are operating from, if I'm being generous, 10th grade English class writing. That's how they are writing their hiring, their outreach, their recruitment emails through 10th grade English class. And that is killing their conversion because they are not using sales psychology principles in their writing. And those things are getting insta deleted because it comes across as corporate noise that no one asked for. Yeah. And it's also coming across as ego driven too. If we're hiring mm -hmm. for our company, it's our baby. We want everybody to know how special it is. But yeah. right now when you're reaching out, you got a really ugly baby. Like nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Nobody's awful, seen it's... your baby. Nobody wants to see your baby. Yeah. Don't be that's, pissing that's a, the baby. It's a great, slightly macabre and horrible, but slightly dead on metaphor in that everyone wants to share what they're proud of. Everyone wants to share what they've got. I think that's very human. I think humans by nature are excited about the things that they have and they want to share them with others. But especially in the moment in time that we live in right now, no one wants unsolicited information about somebody else's thing that they're proud of without knowing how it impacts them. And so out of the gate, we're not getting the attention the right way, subject line, we can talk about that more later. And then if we get it, the spotlight is in the wrong place. We're talking about our baby. We're talking about what we've got, how cute she is, the cute clothes she has on, instead of 
here's what the baby can do for you. And that's the approach we need to start taking. You're spot on. And people are motivated by different things. It's to the individual. It's really difficult to write an email. I found this was my biggest challenge and it still is my biggest challenge. And I go for identifying a person's pain point first. What's really the most difficult thing that they could be experiencing. And it's usually for jobs that's Usually for people who are in a career who might be open hearing about something, it's usually one of three things. It's either career growth, management, or the content of the work. And Mm -hmm. I can try to really zero in on that. But you've got to poke somebody in that cut. You've got to pour lemon juice on that wound and let it open up and fester and get them to want to talk to you about that. When you're talking pain points, when you're talking about what motivates someone to respond, you're talking about things that are inherently emotional. People buy on emotion first. They justify with logic second. This is Psychology 101. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Girard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order Healing Career Wounds, which is available now through Amazon. Let it be your startup secret weapon to winning the strongest hires. We're speaking with Henna Pryor. She's the president and executive coach for Priority Group. And we're talking about your messaging. And we're going to try and fix it for you today. So you guys start getting some really good traction on your messaging. What are the top things that people are motivated by, Hannah? Break it down for me. Yeah, people are motivated by a lot of different things that are human emotion centric. So the theme of all of the things that you want to speak to in your writing that people are motivated by are all human emotion centric. So people are motivated by their love for something, could be their love for the work, the specific type of technical work, the love for the mission, love for the industry, love for advancement. It could be hate of something. They hate working for a boss that's still acting more like a solopreneur versus a leader. They hate the long commute that they used to do. They hate that they need to work in the office when they're still not comfortable and they'd rather work hybrid or remote. They could hate something. They could be in fear of something, in fear of the company losing funding, in fear of the company going under. It could be vanity related. So they might want to just have bigger recognition, more title, more visibility, pride in something, pride in the industry, pride in the work, and then longing for something, which is usually longing for fulfillment or mission or work-life balance. But all of those things, so love, hate, fear of something, vanity, pride, and longing. If you can speak to one of those emotions early on in your message, put the spotlight on them and speak to one of those emotions, you're going to be off to a good start. The goal of the messaging is get the person to talk to you. Once you talk to them, now it's important for you to listen. The goal of your initial part of your messaging is to get them on the hook. I think that's the part that most people miss. They're so eager to tell, go back to your example, the story about their baby. They're so eager to tell you about their baby that forget the first thing your message needs to do is get them on the hook and keep them there. Eight seconds. You can't afford to tell them the juicy bits later because they're already gone. Yep. 100%. So why is this important to a company? A number of reasons. The amount of emails people get per day is one. I said on average, 121 emails per day, most of which are deleted or ignored. So if you want to get read, forget about if you want to attract the best talent. If you want to get read in general, you need to know how to stand out. You need to have the right subject lines and the right intro sentence, or you're dead in the water before you've even gotten there. Second thing is even in digital communication, 
People buy on emotion. People buy on these things that we just talked about. They don't buy on the facts and figures and your data and your funding. They don't buy on that. That's not why somebody is going to engage a discussion. So if they don't do that again, they're going to lose people before they've even started. And the last point is the one I made earlier, which is most leaders haven't been taught sales writing. So if you don't know the fundamentals of sales writing and you're operating from the way you wrote essays back in high school, you're really missing the boat on what it takes, what the emails need to have and contain in order to move people to that next step of conversation. And we should be clear too, when you're hiring for your company, that's a sales process. Yeah. It's not a transactional sales process, which is the way it's treated. It's a enterprise sales process where you are problem solving first. A hiring email is sales copywriting. Sales copywriting means you're sending a message with the hopes that someone will do something. Yeah. That's it. So if you're hoping for that from your hiring email, you're doing sales writing. Well, they are That's doing something. Is. They're just deleting yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's getting not... sent. It's just not working. But yeah. if you want someone to respond, it's sales writing. Let's lay out how we solve this problem. Break me down if you can. The components first, then let's delve into how we structure those. Yeah, so there's a much more robust amount that goes into this, but I'm going to try to give everyone the highlights of the must. If you guys do these things today, you're going to be a million times better off than where you started. First component, get that subject line dialed in. First, let me say what a good subject line is not. A good subject line is not great new opportunity, great new role available, role available in this city. These are not great subject lines. I'm hiring. Someone... Yeah, right. We're hiring. We're growing. Yeah. None of those are good subject lines. They're only good for the people who are actively looking for an opportunity. Yes. Those people will respond. No one else will. They'll just delete because they'll see it. Oh, this is from a company who's hiring. I'm not interested in that. And when you design your message and you want to design it for people who are passively looking because the active people are going to respond no matter what. You want that person who goes home and who's thinking, oh, I had a crappy day at work. Maybe I should just see what's out there. You want yeah. that person to respond. If you need a butt in the seat tomorrow, go ahead, fish in the active pool. But if you're thinking strategic, if you're thinking long term, then you need to do this to fish in the passive talent pool. Well, if you need a butt in the seat tomorrow, then hire a contractor. I mean, that's really- Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So what does the subject line need to do instead? We know what it's not, so what is it? What's the most powerful subject line though? Is it something that's based on fear, love, hate, what? Uh, honestly, any of the above, the most powerful subject line is based in curiosity. That's it. That's the emotion I want you to tap on in the subject line. We'll talk about fear, love, hate in the next bit. But the subject line has one emotion that it needs to access. That's it. I don't need you to worry about the other ones right now. It needs to have curiosity. So what was your best performing subject line so far? Best ever. I've got a few best, but I'll say one of my favorites is you wouldn't believe how we do this. Mark's curiosity. You want to be, I'll tell you one of mine. It is how's my telepathy? Right. Same thing. Yeah. And all you need to think about in the subject line is if I got this, would I open it to find out what they were talking about? They use the term clickbait, but like that, everybody looks at the subject line first. I have a friend who said that his best performer has been one that says, this is not a great subject line or something like that. It was <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I want to make that distinction because I know sometimes people resist subject lines, even though it's the thing that's going to move the needle. People resist it because they're worried about clickbait. It's only clickbait if what you put in the subject line is incongruent with what's in the rest of the email. If you sort of do a bait and switch when you get in the email, there's, you don't really talk about that. That's clickbait. If you have something curiosity inducing and then you address it in the email, 
then it's a well-performing curiosity-inducing subject line. It's not clickbait. So you want to identify that concept in the message body. Don't put Justin Bieber in the subject line and then turn around. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then turn around and talk about your hiring. Right. Unless you have some sort of tie back to Justin Bieber, in which case have at it. Okay, perfect. Subject line. What's the next component? Next component is the content. And we can talk about the content in more detail. But the one thing that I would want to really emphasize is starting with the spotlight on the reader. It has to start with the spotlight on the reader. Here's what most people do. You mentioned it before. Hi, I'm so-and-so from such and such firm. This is what we do. This is why we're great. That's how 90 plus percent of emails start that people haven't been trained in sales writing. That's what they do. Everyone. I've seen sales emails that go out like that, like tons of sales yeah. emails. I don't yeah. understand why it's so difficult. And the other thing is they're always framed from a perspective of it uses words like I and me and us. And you're talking about yourself the whole time. I don't care about you. The data supports it now. The more you use, you're allowed to occasionally use it. And we don't, it's a story for another day. But if, the more you use I, me, we, my, hours. If you're front loading the first sentence or two with your email with those words, instant disengagement. Yeah, 100%. Instant, because to your point, they didn't ask you yet. No, well, you haven't earned it. Content, what needs to be laid out in the content? You're going to tie in the subject line. What's a great opening line for content for you? Sure. Let's kind of walk it through all the way. Let's say the subject line is, you wouldn't believe how we do this. So rather than starting with we, it's something about you. Let's say the you, let's say the founder is a founder of a startup hot tech software company. Okay, something from the you perspective, something with the spotlight on them might be, I get it. You're getting so many requests from folks asking for your time because tech software is the hottest industry in this COVID time. You probably don't even know which way is up. Have you had lunch today? Something that just says, in some way, and again, that's my voice, it can be your voice, but something that implies, I get you, I understand where you're coming from, I relate, I know what you're going through, or at least I have some understanding of what you're going through. That's the perspective that you wanna start from. You can be technical or you can be general, but it has to be the you perspective, the spotlight on the reader, first sentence out of the gate. And then you get into, as busy as you are, understanding and respecting what you're dealing with day in and day out, here's why it might be worth chatting with me for a few minutes. And then we can tie in that subject line. And then we go to the next part of the content, which I can explain. But essentially that first statement, and this is the part that people don't get quite through, all that first statement needs to do is hook them. It just needs to hook them and get their attention. And the guaranteed way to hook someone is by using the words you as much as possible. Yeah. Psychologically, it grabs at them. So I'm giving a very general example. If you know something very specific about, given that new regulation that just passed, you must be buried under paperwork now, you know, and I'm sure you didn't expect that. Or if you have some intel on the company. Exactly, right. The more specific you can be, the better. I kind of gave a very general, but the more specific you can be based on your research, based on what you know, the better it will be. The point is, use the word you as much as possible so they understand that you've done something to understand what they're going through, not default to what you want to tell them about yourself. Yeah. So my first line on that opener for the telepathy one is, you've been eagerly anticipating my email, but I just received your telepathic message. <laughs> so I apologize for taking so long to get back to you. 
That's great. It's a perfect combination of curiosity and the you perspective. What I do is I take it a step further. I go, this was like an old one that I learned a long time ago, but like, I understand you're pretty good at your job, but your talents mm -hmm. are being a bit underutilized or under challenged in your current role. Perfect. So dot, dot, dot. And so they might be thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? I am underutilized or yeah, I'm not really challenged. Yeah. And those are things that are, again, I just want to get them thinking about, well, maybe I could be doing more. Yeah. The you perspective could be anything. It really depends on your market research. Maybe it's that you heard that the big raises they were promised didn't materialize because COVID budget got sucked up. So there's a number of different ways it can manifest. It's just all that you perspective. What's the next piece after the content? Yeah, the next piece after the you perspective is to talk a little bit more firmly about features and benefits, which I feel like this buzz phrase has gone around in sales for a long time, but people don't do it in their messages. So Features and benefits specifically refers to the things you want to tell them about your company and why you're different. But the important piece that most people forget, they tell them a laundry list of features. We've got this, we've got funding, we've got this type of growth, but they forget to tell them the benefit, which is answering for the reader, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Okay, so we've got you know this series A round of funding that just came in, what's in it for me? So that you don't have to worry about stability in the next two years. So if somebody's in a position where they're not growing mm -hmm. and you say, hey, look at, we support your growth. We're committed to yeah. supporting your growth in this capacity or whatever is relevant to your organization. Right. There's a lot of people who will say about their opportunities, we offer growth. We offer advancement. We have a great culture. It's usually right? growth of... in the form of free snacks, though. <laughs> right. Cookies <laughs> in the lounge. Right. Right. So a lot of people just list these very generic features, but they don't go into detail about them or they don't articulate what that looks like as a benefit. So if you're saying that one of the features you have is an advancement track that somebody might be promoted to a certain level within a year or two, what's in it for them? Remind them. I know sometimes we think it's obvious because we're so close to it, but it's helpful for the other person to hear, okay, one of our features is that there is an advancement track in the next 18 to 24 months, which means that your growth journey is laid out for you and not a pie in the sky, maybe someday type of scenario. You'll know exactly where you're headed. It's not nebulous. It's there, right. there's a path and people can see the path right. they're drawn in. Right. You know where you're headed, but it reminds people, oh, that is pretty great. And we tend to not go that next turn of the wheel in our writing. Yeah. And I don't get that because again, it's that extra step that people just won't commit to. And then how do we close out the messaging? We close out the message with a strong call to action. And it kills me how few people do this. A strong call to action, and this is about the easiest change you can make. Too many times people will close out an email with a prospective hire with, would love to connect sometime. Would love to get on your calendar at your convenience. And they think they're being gentle and they think they're being no pressury. Instead, they're just being unclear and yeah. vague. They're just leaving it there. And you put all this great effort into this message and then it's just, let's connect at your convenience. Spoiler never going to be convenient. Nope. Never going to be convenient. They're busy. Yeah. Never going to be convenient. People you want to work for you are busy. There's no free time. There's no time for that. The other mistake before I tell you what to do instead, the other mistake is this. I love scheduling links. I love Calendly. I love Acuity. I love them all. You do not want to send your calendar link as a call to action for that exact same reason. People are too busy. They don't know you yet. And to say, if this is for you, can you please book 30 minutes 
to chat on my calendar. That is too much pressure right out of the gate for a busy professional. Get the response first, engage a conversation, and then you do the scheduling on your scheduling link. But you don't start with that. A scheduling link is not a call to action. Here's the thing. If I'm the buyer, I'm not going to do the work. No, nor am I going to commit to 30 minutes when I don't know what you have to say yet. 100%. All right, shoot, we're getting pretty close on time, Hannah. What are two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience that can plug into their business today? So I would love to give you 100, but my quick takeaways would be, just to finish that thought, use a low pressure call to action. Just ask for a few minutes. Don't start with 30 minutes on the calendar. Nobody wants to give it to you, so don't ask. Attention is a currency, and I cannot emphasize this enough. You might have the best opportunity with the biggest growth track and the biggest runway, but none of it matters if you don't have a rock solid digital communication strategy to catch the attention of the right people to engage the conversation further. And I would say just lastly, your value prop alone is not enough to attract a good candidate in this market. It might've been before, but not anymore. It hasn't been in a few years. People saw COVID as an opportunity where there was a lot of people out of work, but there was still a lot of good people that were working through COVID. So it didn't make that much of a difference. Yeah, the best people were all working through COVID. So if you wanna get their attention, you need to stop throwing spaghetti against the wall and playing the volume game and using an effective, well thought out digital writing strategy to make sure you get and keep their attention. That is so true. Hannah, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can reach you? I'm all over LinkedIn. And as far as I know, I'm the only Hannah Pryor, so they can find me there. And I do have a website. It's called the Recruiters Copy Clinic. It's not just for recruiters. It's for founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, anyone who gets involved in hiring and has any interest in talking about their sales messaging. If you go to recruiterscopyclinic.com, you can find out more there. Awesome. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andre Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show's for you, and we want to make sure we increase the value of the content on a weekly basis. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Kate DeWald. She is the founder and CEO of OnQ. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard.